Hi, friends, fellow evolvers and curious people everywhere. Welcome to this episode of Being with Sally Wilson. I'm Sally Wilson, and it's a great pleasure to have with me today the wonderful Fabiola Campbell. Welcome, Fabiola. Hello, Sally, and the pleasure is actually mine to be with the wonderful Sally Wilson. What a privilege. Thank you so very much. Well, that's very generous. Thank you. We've got a, a, a mutual admiration society here. <laughs> so listeners, yes, absolutely. Fabiola is the founder and CEO of Professional Migrant Women. And she was born in Venezuela, sorry, born in Australia, but grew up in Venezuela. And Fabiola, can you just tell us a little bit about your journey and how you came to be the founder of Professional Migrant Women? Yes, um, thank you so much for the opportunities, as I said before. And um, can I just say that first and foremost, I consider myself a migrant, even though I was born in Australia and I left this country with an Australian passport. Um, and I feel that that distinction is very important because that has defined me um, as the person who I am today in, in this, you know, Australian society, I suppose. Uh, my parents moved to Australia because my dad was uh, studying um, a master's in medicine and, and he, him and the family spent two years in Australia, in Melbourne. And I was born here. I was born here the year um, that they were going back to, to Venezuela. So um, by the time we went to Venezuela, I was five months old. And back then, uh, being born in Australia granted you citizenship status. Mm -hmm. So I was very privileged to um, have uh, an Australian passport uh, when I left Australia. And, uh, and then, you know, my parents are Venezuelans and I grew up in Venezuela. And in fact, you know, I, uh, although my parents learned how to speak English, they never kept the language up at home. So I did not learn how to speak English um, when I was growing up. Yes, you know, you go to school and you learn uh, a few things. I did study a bit of English uh, at university level. Um, and I thought I could speak English <laughs> <laughs> until I came to Australia. So um, <clears throat> when I was um, in my 20s, I had finished university. You know, I had this dream of uh, coming to Australia. And this dream was actually um, fed all my life by my dad. You know, my dad loved Australia. Hmm. Uh, actually, he loves Australia. Uh, and he used to speak so highly about Australia. Australia was the best place on earth. You know, all the best memories that he had were from Australia. And, um, you know, I grew up with that image. Hmm. I grew up with that feeling that Australia was a great place. And my dad used to say that... Um, it was um, a reason for uh, for him to feel proud that I was an Australian citizen. So you know what? I grew up being a very, very proud Australian. Mm. Uh, and I read all the books about Australia and I, you know, I learned a bit of history about Australia and all of those things. And uh, I also thought of myself as an Australian, you know, citizen, Australian person, you know. And when people say, oh, you know, where were you born? I was born in Australia. You know, I am Australian. I never identified myself as Venezuelan. <laughs> so, um, yes, I think that that's one of the main things I suppose about part of my identity before coming to, to Australia. Mm. So you identified, even, even though you'd left Australia when you were five months old, you identified as being an Australian, but I suppose that identity was very much tied in with your father's image, the, the, the image that he portrayed of Australia, yes? Absolutely. I'd never met any other Australian. Huh? <laughs> right. So... <laughs> So I know that he, he gave sort of a glowing, glowing picture, which was perhaps a little bit 
maybe a little bit unrealistic. You know, sometimes it's easy to look back and we only see the really great times, um, you know, in a certain sort of window of time that we've lived. Or it was wonderful partly because we were this age and we were discovering this and, you know, there are all sorts of factors involved in that. But what were the sorts of things that that he had communicated to you uh, were wonderful about Australia that you expected when you came to Australia? Uh, well, he used to talk about so many things. So he loved the Victoria market. That was one thing that he always talked about. Um, he loved the way that in Australia, uh, people actually follow the rules. Uh -huh. And that's something that we don't do very well in Venezuela. Um, and they respected things. They treated people uh, with respect. I think that that, that that was something that was very, very important for him. Um, he found a very strong uh, community. Mm. So I think my parents were very lucky that although probably they were the only few Venezuelan people in Australia, uh, they had very good supportive uh, Australian neighbors. In fact, you know, um, some of the neighbors uh, are my godparents. Oh. Yeah, so they built a very, very uh, deep connection with these people. They kind of embraced them as part of the family. Um, and uh, he, I think he talked about the high standard of life, the quality okay. of life. Yeah. Yes. And I suppose the difference for, for your parents when they came here also was the fact that they they had that university structure you know they, they had a ready-made community in some ways yes they did and so my my parents are uh, catholic um and uh, one of the first things that my dad did was to go to church and um by chance they met a, um, a priest that had lived in venezuela for five years and just came back to australia he was an, he's an Australian man. And, you know, these persons said to my dad, are you from Venezuela? I would like to retribute, you know, retribute to you what mm -hmm. I received in Venezuela. That was, you know, the beginning of, of an amazing friendship between mm -hmm. my dad and Father Michael. And, and again, you know, he, he was a key person in my family's, uh, situation in Australia. Mm. Uh, it's it's good to hear those stories. You know, sometimes we only hear the other stories where people find it so hard to find a community, but I'm, I'm so glad your parents had that experience. And so Fabiola, when you came to Australia, you'd already, you know, you'd studied criminology, you were highly educated. Um, why did you come to Australia? Right. Um, so first of all that was the dream you know yep and um, the dream was to come to australia to see australia to see the place where i was born to to see the kangaroos and the koalas you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> um to meet my godparents to see father michael again mm. um uh, and i suppose not knowingly but it was part of it was big part of that is was to to find myself, yeah, to to affirm myself for who I was, and and probably you know it was that period of life when I was, you know, defining my my myself as an adult mm. and finding my place in the world. And I suppose uh, that was the way for me to do it. And and the excuse was to, you know, go to Australia and and see the place where yeah. I was born. Yeah, um, it was. You know, a lot of people say, oh, it's very courageous of you to have done that, you know, move to the other side of the world and not knowing anybody or moving by, you know, by yourself. The fact was that it it was one of the most exciting things I ever did. I was a bit, a bit scared, yes, of course, but I don't think it was courageous because... Uh, you know, you need courage in the face of adversity of or fear, but this wasn't the situation for mm, me. You know, mm. coming to Australia was the adventure of my life. 
Hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, that's what I was looking forward to. Yeah. And, um, and you did, you know, affirm who you are as an adult, but in a different way. <laughs> Can oh, I imagine okay. what you expected? Yes. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And especially, you know, so I, I have told you already, Sally, that when I came to Australia, so before coming to Australia, I identified myself a, as an Australian. Yeah. And I've also mentioned before that now I do identify myself as a migrant. Because, you know, as soon as I put a foot on that airport, um, my dream of what the Australian, the Australia dream that I had in my mind started to, to crumble. Um, so I remember, uh, I, as I mentioned, you know, my English wasn't very good. Mm. Uh, I fill out my, uh, customs card and I put in there. Uh, so they say, what's your career or your profession profession? And I put in there criminologist, <clears throat> uh, place of birth, uh, Melbourne, Australia, um, nationality australian you know and then the customs officer read my card and he goes <laughs> yep <laughs> and i said oh excuse me uh um, could you please speak slowly because i don't speak english very well or whatever you know and he he goes <laughs> yep yep <laughs> and, that's, and that's that thing only someone who's never experienced trying to speak and get by in a foreign language <laughs> can speak english that quickly to someone who's you know mother language is not theirs you oh, know? It's just yes. a complete lack of understanding of course there is they've never experienced that but <laughs> i can i can relate fabiola <laughs> yes and, and i suppose you know he he saw this woman uh with an australian passport coming from a south american country um i was declaring a few goods you know sweets or something that i brought from home and then he got like a bit cross with me and and he the only thing i i understood about that conversation was about so how do you how come you said that you are a criminologist i got criminologist um uh, and you said that you are australian uh, and you don't speak english and yeah. i started crying oh <laughs> not the welcome to country that you would have envisaged <laughs> no, not at all and I, and i i just didn't know what to say like you know at that moment i realized i wasn't the australian that i thought I, I was yeah and um and uh, I think he took pity on me and he just let me in yeah. um because I was very confused but it's also uh, Fabiola yes. don't you think it's also that the the frustration that comes with not being able to express yourself how you normally do in your in your native language when you know it's that you know if if he'd been asking that of someone whose native language was English, they'd say, well, I was born here. <laughs> and, you know, but when you're trying to think in a foreign language, you're tired, you're jet lagged, you you rock up somewhere not knowing what the cultural norms are. Um, and you're trying to communicate with someone who doesn't have an understanding of what it is to tr to, to try and communicate in a language that isn't your your native language. It's an awful lot to deal with all at once. Yes, and especially now when you think that um, one in every four Australians are born overseas, mm. you know, I mean, that was probably I didn't get it right, but probably I did. I think it, it wasn't a fair statement, you know, to say, how come you are, you say that you're Australian and you don't speak English, you know? Well, it's just, it's just a statement based on, you know, where he's come from, his story, his perception, and um, and without sounding too harsh, his ignorance, um, <laughs> really. And um, and we and we don't want to be too judgmental of that because he didn't know better. That's right. And that's, that's why right. we have these sorts of conversations, isn't mm, it? Absolutely. Yeah. Completely. So, you know, in that airport. In that airport experience, some some things were completely 
shaken. One of them must have been your sense of identity, your sense of belonging. Um, can you just can you just talk about? Um, I don't want to use the words that you use. I want you to say them first. <laughs> the description of what the process was in um, in that sort of loss of who you thought you were. Yes. So I think um, you need. Uh, so I ha- I have when when I think back of who I was, or who I I thought or I believed of myself, you know. I believe I was first of all Australian, and then I very soon realized that I was a migrant, like in no time. But the second thing that you know I think is very important for me as a you know part of my identity is how I thought about myself at a time, and and not not it's not that what I thought about myself in that way at that moment, but the way I look at myself back then. And when I see, you know, when I remember that Fabiola that came to Australia, I I think of that Fabiola as a superwoman. You know, she was, uh, you, you know, uh, she could do it all. She 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 wasn't afraid of anything. Um, she was adventurous. She she just wanted to get on with the next big thing, and and nothing was ever you know um too difficult mm-hmm. or, or or you know impossible it was just you know it was just part of being and 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 i think i uh, you know it it was a great way of being it was you know the young <laughs> naive person that thought that she could do it all mm. and uh, you know one of the th- big things again all related to identity i was university educated I um, was learning uh, some English in Venezuela and I thought in six months uh, you know because I have a a good uh, basis already you know in Mm. six months I'm going to be fine I'm going to be able to speak English really well and then I will be able to find a job Mm. to find a professional job my friend father Michael uh, delivered the news in a different way. He had been working with migrants, uh, especially Latin American migrants, for more than thirty years at that point. And and he he said to me, "Dear, your English is so good." And, you know, <laughs> that affirmed you know what I knew about myself. And then he said, um, "In three years, you will be able to speak English re- very well, yeah. and in five years, you will be able to understand the television." <laughs> <laughs> you know what what I thought at that moment was who does he think that I am yeah I will show him mm. that that's not me mm. I can do this I can learn English not in three years but in six months and I'm going to understand the television much faster than that. <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold, he was right. And I was not. Mm. And and that was a big, big, big shock for me. You know, that was probably one of the, the biggest uh, crash on expectations that I had. Mm. I, I did study English for one year. And that was only good enough for me to go and do a course at university. I was doing a master's of, of business administration. Um, <laughs> studying the master's helped me a lot with my language, especially, you know, my, my writing skills. But, you know, it wasn't as fast as I thought. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, every day, I experienced the loss of one of the superpowers I used to have, you know, that that superwoman that once I knew was dying inside. And 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 that's how I refer to it. I, I call that the death of the superwoman. 
because one day uh, I couldn't recognize who I was. Mm. Uh, you know, all of the things that I remember about myself, all of the things I thought to be truth about myself were not there anymore. And, you know, I could not relate to people in the same way I used to. I, I, I wasn't funny. I couldn't be funny. I yep. couldn't participate in the jokes. Yep. I, I could not share my ideas as I used to. So mm-hmm. probably sometimes I could follow up on the conversation, but I, I wasn't fast enough to, to say what I felt, what I thought, you know, yep. to give an opinion. Um, and, and, and I realized how many things, how many parts of your identity are attached to language? Yes. And uh, and then I started feeling uh, very, um, I lost my confidence completely. Um, and, and with that, you know, the, the superwoman died. Mm. Uh, and, and it was a very painful journey. You know, there was a lot of mourning yep. uh, for that person that, that is no more, um, but also it was a journey of uh, uh, creating, rebuilding yes. a, a new person, reinventing myself. Yes. Um, in a way, you know, I mean, uh, yes, you always can, can go back to your country, but, you, you know, I felt that I was committed to this journey and I wanted to see it through. And I wanted to to come out victorious at the other end. Mm. So for me, quitting wasn't uh, uh, an option. Um, and you know, over the years, one, you know, the more you speak, the more you learn, the more you write, the more you mm. learn, and so on and so forth. You know, um, and uh, but you know that that loss was very significant, and I know that a lot of migrants experience that sense of loss of self yeah. and also this sense of connection because you know at some point in time you are just on your own you don't have your family you don't have your friends you don't have your familiar things you know where do i get the such and such thing that was you know yeah so familiar for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, and I, I really look i've never I've personally never thought of myself as a migrant as such, but I've lived in, in, you know, different countries um, for 20 years outside of Australia. And I always remember whenever I came back to Australia thinking, oh, this is so easy. This is so easy. And you, you understand all the little signals. You can express yourself in a way that, you know, people will understand Um, the, the first country I lived in um, as a young adult was Japan because I actually wanted to experience what it was to feel like a foreigner. And that's one of the reasons I also love their art and, you know, all sorts of things. But but that was one of the reasons I sort of look back and go, God, what hmm, as an, a 17, 18 year old, what, what, why was that one of my drivers? I don't know. But I remember just feeling stupid most of the time. <laughs> yes. I mean, not only did I, I I arrive and of course I'd been studying Japanese for six years um, and I could make myself understood on a certain level like you like you could you know I could do the shopping I could sort of do do some really basic things um, but the, you can't express yourself you can't give people a sense of who you are you can't crack a joke there you know you can't do any of those things and and I know um, you know look some of the people that I was working with, uh, I worked in a, in a ryokan, in a traditional Japanese hotel for uh, the first six months in the mountains, in the middle of nowhere, where most people had never seen a foreigner in the flesh full stop. And I was tall and, you know, so didn't fit in. And, and I remember the realization when I suddenly, I suddenly thought, oh, they all think I'm stupid. <laughs> I remember it. I was like, oh my God, they all think, I'm just dumb. Um, 
and and you know just just the shock of that when you've always sort of thought of yourself as a relatively intelligent person um and other people have too uh it's a it's it's a shock and i remember sort of coming back to australia feeling feeling like um a weirdly a weirdly jaded 19 year old who felt Mm. misunderstood and didn't know where her place was because i'd experienced feeling very foreign and I came back to Australia thinking and they don't understand my experience or how that felt or and I don't actually don't know who I am now you know that so and I I can certainly relate and every language that I've needed to learn to a certain degree you go through the same thing and you feel Mm. stupid for a long time (laughs) and frustrated um and so for I know that you mostly work with women fabiola so yeah. for women um who 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 come to australia who are professional because again they're the women yes. you're, you're working with um who don't have that um you know that history of of thinking about australia even or feeling like australia is a part of them in some way um what have you what have you heard in terms of their struggles? Are the same? Are they the same as what you went through? Because that situation is slightly different in that they're not Australian. They weren't born in Australia. Yes. Look, um, I think the similarities are just uh, amazing. Mm. Um, <clears throat> probably one of the main differences is that I never had to go through the process of uh, getting a visa mm. or ha- going through the stresses of, uh, uh, you know, uh, getting a permanent residence or whatever. Yeah. Um, but other than that, <laughs> I think the, the experiences are very similar. Mm. So we experienced that sales, that sense of um, disconnection. Yeah. I mean, I, the way that you describe it, Sally, uh, I think is very accurate for myself and, and many other people that I know, is that feeling of you know, uh, all the people perceiving you as a stupid person or not smart <laughs> enough, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know that some people have said um, in a way of a joke, oh, if you knew me in my language, I am very smart, you know? <laughs> um, and I am very funny. Or, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, and it's that sense of... Uh, um, struggle struggle mm-hmm. with uh, communication expression self-expression mm. uh because of the lack of language um so again you know throughout the years some of the things that i've learned and and that i can now articulate because i couldn't see those things in the moment is that yes we lack those basic um meaningful connections yeah, maybe you migrated with a partner. Maybe you met a partner in here. Um, but, you know, although your partner is a very important part of your life, it's not your whole life. Yes. And you need a friend or you mm. need a, a, you know, a mother or a father or, you know, um, or a sibling figure that you can you can trust and rely on somebody you know one of the things that I missed a lot was to 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 go to visit my mom and crash on the couch and and have a you know a cup of coffee on a Sunday afternoon yeah you know simple things like that and and you you don't have that in here you you have to announce yourself you have to you have to be invited you know I just could just walk into my mom's house and do that, you know. So we lose that and that's very important. And one thing that we don't realize we lose, I mean, we realize we lose our family and friends, but we don't often realize that we lose our networks. Mm. And that's a massive blind blind spot for a migrant person. Uh, They, you know, a network is something that people often take for granted. Mm. And they said, well, I never did networking in my country. And I said, oh, is that right? So tell me, how did you find your first job? 
uh, oh well yes it was through you know my mom's friend you know she she used to own a business and I was working there or they say oh yeah um, my my schoolmate you know her dad um working in, in in certain organization and they let me in and so on and so forth and I said well that's your network yeah and and they just we are not aware of it mm. you know I mean this is one of the things that I say as well in Venezuela there were many things that people knew or, or that people could make up about myself just by giving a few cues for example yeah. you know the the people from um, the city i grew up had a certain reputation um so saying i come from merida that that carries so much meaning that mm. you don't have to explain you know yeah. the same thing goes for well i graduated from this university or in my hometown Sometimes it was easy to say, I am the daughter of, the sister of, the cousin of, the niece of, you yes, know, and yes. only that carries so much meaning and, and that disappears. Yeah. That disappears when you put a foot on the airplane, you know, mm. um, and uh, that's something that, that you don't fully comprehend, comprehend until, you know, until you experience it, you know? Yeah. Um, and and so networking is is huge um that's something that we don't understand that we lose until we just uh come face to face uh, to it <clears throat> yes and the other thing i i i was very um naive uh to think i'm you know i am a, i'm a i am a professional i know a little bit of english um <laughs> So I know how to get a job because I have been working before, you know, yeah. as a professional in Venezuela. So I will find a job, a professional job in Australia. <sighs> <laughs> you know, that was a big, big awakening. Mm. Um, and I compare that to a game of uh, football. Mm. In Venezuela, we play football, and in Australia, we play football. <laughs> yeah. And they have the same name, but different rules. Yeah. And uh, I come to Australia and I decide to join, a, you know, or, or play a football match. And to begin with, the ball looks different, and I don't know why. Uh, the court looks different. And the rules are different, and I don't understand what's going on because we are all playing football. <laughs> and uh, and I think it's about learning the you know learning what game you're playing and learning the the rules of the game mm. so you can learn how to win the game. Yep, yep. There are a, a couple of things um, stood out to me from what you've said just now, Fabiola, and. Um, and one of them is, I know that your thunderbolt, where you suddenly thought, oh my goodness, who am I, what am I, I'm not what I thought I was, mm. that came very, very suddenly. Um, in, in my experience, my personal experience, um, I remember suddenly realising um, when I'd been, you know, trying to trying to get by in, in another country, suddenly realizing, oh, my confidence is gone. Mm. When did that happen? How did that happen? It was a, a much slower, in sort of an insidious process that I hadn't actually noticed. And I can imagine that could be the case for some other people who come here too, that it's, it's all of a sudden you realize, you might realize, <laughs> but it hasn't been an overnight process yes. yeah yeah absolutely <clears throat> and so through our through our organization we help women um find professional jobs right and i remember once a a young lady young uh, sorry uh, joined our organization um 
she had been in Australia for less than a month. Um, she had a job interview and uh, in, in, in a very good organization at a very good uh, level and she was unsuccessful and and she decided to, to to come and check us out and join us and she was she was in tears you know she was devastated because she, after the interview yes because she right. didn't get the job okay and I remember all the other women around her um looking at her and uh, in a way with compassion, but in a, in another way with, um, uh, how can I say, uh, it's like, okay, this is your wake up call. It's yeah. not as easy as you thought it was. Yeah. And we've been here for two years or three years and we still haven't got there. So, yeah. you know, um, <clears throat> but then I realized, you know what? Everybody's story is different. Yeah. And if that, if this woman, who's been in Australia for a month, believes that she can find a job and is devastated because she couldn't, I'm going to root for her mm. and help her, help her believe that she can. Absolutely. And yeah. not that she has to waste two or three years. Yeah. So she can match everybody else's experience of mm. defeat and loss and grief mm. to finally find themselves and get the courage that they need you know yes look if 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 because we don't have any of those ideas like you say you know we kind of lose some of those things progressively or some people do you know for some mm -hmm. people it's uh, more sudden but you know if you haven't lost yourself yet i want to be the one that is you know um rooting for you so you actually don't have to lose it yes or yes that you can you can achieve that faster than what I could. And, and, you know, like your experience in the airport, that was her, that was, that was yes. her equivalent of your experience <laughs> in the airport. It was Absolutely. her, oh, this doesn't fit my life plan, my, my perception of myself, my, and, and here's the, you know, here's the thing that, that I think anyway, and you, you may disagree with me, Fabiola, um, but in losing a sense of self, it's horrible, it's hard, it's devastating in some cases. But the sense of self that most of us have is tied up with where we come from. You know, it's, it's, it's a sense that has been created usually by, you know, authority figures when we're a child, our environment, all of these things. That's not a bad thing. We're not judging that. But no. it, we're a product of our environment. And when we lose that yes there's that time of oh my goodness just trying to exist in a hole <laughs> find yeah. our way out of it but it's also this kind of amazing opportunity to reawaken our our super women or superwoman superman if this is a man listening to <laughs> um, yes. decide on her costume, decide on her superpowers and yes. make conscious choices rather than the unconscious programming that we have all been programmed with. It's, it's actually a, a, an opportunity of extraordinary freedom despite its extraordinary hardships. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I couldn't agree more, you know. And I can, again, if I, if I refer to my personal experience, um, if I look back, probably I thought I could be the same person that I was back here. I mean, here in, in Australia. That I could, you know, kind of um, move the, the old self into the new world and keep going as usual. Yeah. But we know that that's not the case and and you know when um when we embark in any journey and what is especially when it's a journey of transformation like it is moving to a new country um there are many obstacles that we have to conquer and if we succeed in 
uh, conquering those obstacles, there are many lessons to be learned. Mm. And, uh, you know, we learn those lessons through uh, meeting other people, learning new skills, even adopting new values, mm. um, opening your eyes to new opportunities and experiencing life. I think that's very, very important, you know. Um, some of our beliefs are challenged and some other beliefs are actually, uh, uh, they kind of settle even more. Yes. But um, again, if, if I refer to that superwoman, I feel that this is a period of uh, rebirth. Mm. This is a time when, you know, the new self has emerged and if and it is very comfortable being and understand the new social clue, uh, clues and, 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 and it has made room for herself. And then the, the most beautiful thing happens and, and that's, you know, very emotional for me uh, and you know when when the new self is comfortable with themselves it allows the the old self to to come back mm. to come back and and journey together you know to <laughs> it's like um two parts of you uh come together as a whole mm. And now you are the best of two worlds. You know, you have your roots in your language, your tradition, your family, your beliefs. And, and now you also have, I suppose, uh, your, your dreams or your new vision, you know, in, mm -hmm. in a much higher place. Um, this process for me took about... 15 years give or take <laughs> and I and I'm assuming that you know having been through this process yourself and it having mm. taken 15 years one of your aims is to perhaps make it a little bit easier a little bit shorter for other people is that why you are, are doing what you do now it's absolutely one of the reasons why mm. I do this you mm. know if if I can fast track this process for any person but a woman in particular, yes, why not? You know, yes. let's be there for each other. It doesn't have, you know, I, I know women that have taken, you know, three, four, five, seven years doing that. It took me 15. Okay, you know, I'm a slow learner. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> we all have different life experiences. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we all go through different things. Um, but now I also have the opportunity to articulate that in a way that um, can resonate with other people and can impact their lives, you yes. know? Yeah. And I suppose that my background as a trainer puts me in a position to, to break down that knowledge articulated in a way that, we, that it can be easily yeah. communicated and implemented. And, or that's the idea anyway. Yeah. And, and also, you know, we, we have all these, people who are intelligent, who have, you know, vastly varying backgrounds and perspectives and, and all of this just adds to the, the richness in our society and our communities and to be able to fast track it so that we have access to it more quickly, <laughs> you know, Brilliant. there can only be um, the most extraordinary advantage in that. And having said that, you know, if there are potential employers out there, um, potential employers of, of, you know, women who come from other countries who are professionals. Um, what, what thoughts would you like to share with those employers? Um, I think, uh, you said fast, fast tracking number one. And number two, you also said, um, it is great to, to have diversity and, and to learn from other cultures and why not? I think that's something that, uh, probably no many migrants believe mm. for themselves, mm. you know, because of that lost 
of confidence. Um, but then again, you know, being surrounded by so many migrants and, and exposed to different ways of thinking, I, uh, I surprised myself uh, very often by that kind of variety and how that's actually an asset. Mm. Um, <clears throat> for employers and organizations, having migrants uh, as part of their staff is, is a big asset because you know, I think the best way to to do business is to to reflect the needs of your customers mm. and to understand your customers. And we know that the Australian society is very diverse, so it it does make business sense mm. to have representation of that community in our business. So we can understand our customers. Yeah. Um, also, we know that when we have diversity in the room, we can create new things. We yes. have we we have the potential for innovation. Yes. So, the more diverse a workforce is, and and I'm talking about any kind of diversity, gender. Um, it could be cultural background, languages, Aboriginality, uh, neurodiversity, anything that mm. makes us different and unique can provide a different point of view. Yeah. And that could only enrich any process. Yes. And, yes. and I think that's the beauty of it. And then again, you know, if, if we choose as employers, to, to have a diverse work, work, uh, workforce, I think we will gain a competitive advantage um, and will put us in, in a very good position in terms of our competitors that are not doing the same thing. Um, I feel that, yeah, um, probably employing a migrant might uh take a long time a long time or longer time in terms of onboarding but once you've gained um the loyalty of that employee i i know for sure that migrants um are very career focused they well the, the professional migrants that i work with you know yeah. They really want to make an impact. They mm. want to maximize their skills. They want to make a significant contribution. Yes. Uh, and, and they are very enthusiastic, you know, mm. and I think that's very attractive for any employer, you know, yeah. to have a loyal employee that is willing to, to represent your organization as if they were, you know, part of the owners, you know? Yeah. 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 Because, you know, for all of us, we don't know what we don't know. We exist inside our own box. And so just to surround ourselves with people who know things that we don't know, who exist in other boxes, <laughs> we're yeah. just broadening yeah. the possibilities <laughs> and the creative potential. Yeah. And the, and the possibility for in, innovation as, as you say, and what about just in the last few minutes that we have, um, yeah. if there are, you know, immigrants listening to this, people who have arrived here, they're experiencing, you know, the, the perhaps loss of confidence, lack of a sense of belonging, thinking, oh, goodness, <laughs> what am I going to do? Um, you've already, of course, given so many um, bits of advice that people can take on board. But is there anything in particular that you'd like to leave them with? Well, the one thing that I feel is very, very important is to find your tribe. Mm. To find a tribe as soon as possible. Now, I know that as migrants, we, we tend to gravitate to, towards people of our own background. Um, and that's, that is fantastic. Try to broaden those um, uh, connections mm. and especially get together with people that will 
bring you closer to your goal. You know, um, they say that um, you are the reflection of the people that you surround yourself with. Mm. Well, um, if your network is not pulling you up and instead of bringing you up down, mm. gracefully, <laughs> excuse yourself and and find another network or find another tribe find another community that pull you up yeah. probably you know then you will be that person for somebody else yes you will be that influence for somebody else but we're not alone uh, we we're not in an island and and we need other people you know we need to do things together uh well, probably some people can do it alone uh, one thing I know is very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> um, but doing it with somebody else is it's easier, it's more fun. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, I think it, it brings greater rewards. Yeah. So find a tribe. That would be my number one advice. Yep. Find a tribe that up uplifts and supports you in what you want to achieve. Thank you Beautiful. so much. Thank you so much, Fabiola Campbell. It's been just wonderful having you as a guest. Thank you for joining us. No, thank you, Sally. Uh, I really, really appreciate the opportunity. And I do appreciate your thoughtful questions and, you know, how we can relate in this migrant experience. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and Fabiola, if people would like to connect with you, um, how can they do that? What is the website, for example, for uh, professional migrant women? So it's professionalmigrantwomen.com.au and they can find us as professional migrant women in LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. Perfect. Thank you so much. And we'll thank you, Sally. Thank you, Fabiola. And we'll put those details on the um, on the episode copy as well. If anyone needs a, a link, to link to click on, it will be there. Um, so massive thanks to Fabiola for sharing so openly um, your experience, your insights and, you know, everything that you were, you know, your experience has just been so varied and so, well, your sharing of it will reassure an awful lot of people. So thank you and, and listeners, thank you for joining us today and being a part of this wonderful community. Um, if you'd like to share this episode with people, you can do so. So if there's anyone you think, oh, so-and-so needs to listen to this, uh, you can do that just by clicking on the share link. You can also write a review or a comment. We'd love that. Uh, you can also connect with us on social media. That's Instagram and Facebook at I am Sally Wilson. Um, that way you may have the opportunity to meet some of our upcoming guests and, and post your specific questions for them. Um, once again, thank you, Fabiola, for joining us. Thank you, listeners. And I look forward to meeting with you over the waves next time.